Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It is Thursday. It is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is, as you know, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, really anything that's on your heart. All you need to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as I remind you every day on this program, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Welcome to the show, Paula. Thank you. Why are you looking like that? I'm saying thank you, I think. Because you already let me know you're going to just ask me some questions on my show. But only the first half. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then go ahead. Would you want to say anything to anybody first? Yes, pray for me. I'm nervous. Okay, no. Uh, (laughs) Tomorrow night uh, is our afterglow. Because every time we finish a book on Friday night, we have an afterglow. So... Okay, Pastor Ron, go ahead and explain what an afterglow is. Hey, I'm the one asking questions. Yeah, I know, but it's my show, cool. So please do this for me. Yeah, an afterglow is uh, Friday night. We have we have some some time freedom, Um, and an afterglow is an opportunity to use the gifts of the spirit uh, that enables the body to minister to itself. Uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, scriptures that the Lord puts on somebody's heart. Sometimes um, a, a word in tongues that doesn't happen as often uh, as as um, as it might, but uh, sometimes a word in tongues and an interpretation. But Paula, one of the things that is uh, um, sort of a characteristic of our afterglows is it's like the Lord meets us where we are, and and there's usually a theme that develops. And, um, you know, we're going through so much now here at Calvary <laughs> Chapel that I'm, I'm hoping for a theme, you know, a prosperity theme or something, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but some kind of a theme mm-hmm. uh, where the Lord will meet us where we are, uh, both corporately and individually as well. So it's just one of the times. It's a really sweet time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's a little awkward because people are nervous, yeah. uh, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. None of us have this whole thing figured out, but it's really an opportunity for the body body to minister to itself. Now we're we, we're always crowded on our afterglow nights. People love them, and um, and since we only do them when we finish a book, mm-hmm. uh, that's really one of the times when when um, uh, people get excited about it. So that's what we're going to do tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Well, I already did my. I told you yesterday when I woke up. Um, I had this song in my heart that I hadn't heard in a long time, 
And so I, I shared it with you while we were out walking and praying. That song is Stand and See What the Lord Will Do in the Struggle You Face. He Will Fight for You. Yeah, so that's, that's my, my two cents. Well, I'm confident the Lord will give you something fresher tomorrow. <laughs> I think a lot of times people put stress on themselves, you know, instead mm-hmm. of saying, okay, Lord, I, I want to be available. Use me to be a blessing to somebody else. And that's really what the afterglow is. Yeah. You know, when somebody stands up and says something, it's not uh, that to be a blessing to themselves, but it's to edify the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, like I said, it's just a, a verse that God will put on somebody's heart, a word of encouragement or exhortation, mm-hmm. and the Lord is use you to encourage many, many times. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's just a, a, a really neat night, and I'm looking forward to it. So that's tomorrow night. No Bible study tomorrow night will we'll take the place of that. And then the following week, I'm going to begin uh, our Bible study in Colossians. So we're going to go to Colossians, which, mm-hmm. as you know, is one I've loved from the very mm-hmm. beginning of my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be good. Do you ever come with a question on your mind already or in your heart to the afterglow and you're listening that maybe the Lord will speak the answer to you through somebody else? Yeah, there's a good and a bad side to that. I do, and sometimes I'm I'm, I'm disappointed. Oh. Uh, and so I try not to do that. I, I try not to put... Um, restrictions on what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's just times when I'll say, Lord, I really need some direction about this issue or that issue. And so I, I'm I'm hoping to hear from you. And uh, if I do, great. Uh, if I don't, you know, it's like, oh, bummer, you know. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if, if you don't hear what the Lord uh, has to say to you mm-hmm. uh, or you're not ready to hear it or it's not time to hear it. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of follow that away and say, okay, Lord, well, you know where I am and uh, I want to hear those things. So uh, sometimes it's, uh, for me personally, uh, very emotional. I'm not a super emotional person, but it, it can get very emotional. Um, other times it's just sort of matter of fact and um, I've kind of learned to deal with it uh, either way. So um, for for me personally, mm-hmm. that's the best way to approach it. Okay. Another thing. With so many people, new people coming to the church who've never been here um, to an afterglow, and some will come and don't know what's going on, you know, because they don't all listen to this radio program, even though quite a few people do. But they'll come into our sanctuary tomorrow night and expecting a Bible study. But... Um, you know, everybody's free to participate, but you will give directives, right? Yeah, I'll explain at the beginning what it is, how it's going to look. I'll try to put everybody at ease, you know, don't don't be nervous. There's no pressure. Uh, and then, of course, one of my roles in the afterglow is to be a discerner of spirits, meaning, um, you know, there are times when an enemy will plant a thought in somebody. That doesn't mean they're demon-possessed or anything. Mm-hmm. It just means uh, that... Um, um, you know, um, the Lord will speak to my heart about whether some, something somebody said is a Lord. A good example of that is is if somebody will speak in a tongue, um, will stop the, the 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 conversation for a moment, and I will say, if there's anybody here with the gift of interpretation, then the Lord will give you that interpretation and will share what you have to say. And when the interpretation comes, I will be the one that God gives the discernment to, to say whether that was the interpretation or wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that's a nervous time for people because mm-hmm. they don't want somebody to say, well, that was not from the Lord. That's mm-hmm. not what we mean at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that's not the message that the Lord was trying to communicate. Now, for me personally, I do not have the gift of interpretation. And so uh, it is uh, a, a little strange, but the Lord will simply assure me that that is from the Lord. And we've had something happen the last two afterglows that we've had that, that's brand new. We've had the interpretation given by two different people. Uh, and and in, in the last two times, one was the first part of the the, the tongue. And then the, the next guy or, or lady will get up and give the, the second half mm-hmm. of the tongue. Mm-hmm. And together, that would be the interpretation of it. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So we don't have to worry. You're going to set the tone. You're going to set the rules and regulations down. And and so if anybody gets out of of order, we could say, security! (laughs) 
No, no security, but but you know, this, there's nothing weird that happens. And and um, you know, if somebody is at war, let's just say um, if some people got up and wanted to start speaking in tongues, or they wanted to get up and start with "Thus saith the Lord" in, in speaking judgment, I'd put a stop to that really quickly, yeah. because. The spirit, when he works, is a spirit of order, mm-hmm. and we're to function using the gifts of spirit decently and in order. Okay. And um, and I will do my best to explain all of that. Yeah. But um, you know that people just have to be ready for uh, the possibility um, that somebody will speak in a tongue. It may sound strange because the person doing it is nervous, uh, and we got to be bigger than that. We got to get over that. Just. Yeah. It's 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 really what does the Lord want to say to us? And yeah. uh, we've got a pretty good track record of our afterglows here. Yeah, and we do. The Lord has met us marvelously a lot of times. Yeah, we do. Okay, so let's change subject. Um, we 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 really do have our building now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big building, five and a half times <laughs> bigger than this one. And you know, because I have friends, and they're like, because they don't talk to you, they text because you don't text. So they text me. So we got the building, right? Yeah, we got the building. So are we going to have, like, different storage areas? Because I have a lot of stuff at my house that really is for the church. And so will I be able to put my stuff at the new building? Um, okay, and what about uh, we're going to have a Bible college one day, right? And let's see, somebody else asked. Now, oh, yeah, the at the city council meeting, um, Malta Medical, will it have more space? Um, I mean, just the questions are coming. Pastor Ron, we're excited. So when will the restaurant be in operation, and how many servants will you need? You know, that kind of stuff. Can I help here? Can I help there? <laughs> yeah, I, I think the answer to those questions should wait until we at least get a key to it. You know? <laughs> I, I'm actually meeting with the architects this Wednesday, coming Wednesday. And, um, um, uh, you know, they've got to take my my wish list. hmm and here's what we want, and and actually put it to paper and see if the stuff works. Okay, yeah. You know uh-huh. those kind of things. So, um, one of the we'll have room, uh, but 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 we don't want clutter. Oh yeah, no, we're not going to have clutter. We've got clutter here, but yeah. we've only got ten thousand. But we'll, that's it. Yeah, because so. Pastor Ken, I'm a Paula. We're like, we don't want clutter either. Yeah. Yeah. We no wanna clutter. Keep, we want to keep Jesus and, and Pastor Ron happy. <laughs> and we want to be able to walk around freely. But, yeah, so no clutter. But. Yeah, but, yeah, um, multi-medical needs more space. We want to do more space. Uh, you know, just tell you how the Lord works, Paula. And I can see you're, you're postponing my questions to you till. You said that <laughs> next half. Yeah. Oh, you were supposed to be asking me the questions first half? Yeah. Oh, my show. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, w- one of our guys from Malta, our head administrator at Malta Medical. Now, for, if any of you are new to the program, Malta Medical is a free family practice doctor's office that we've had now for 12 years, 10 years, 11 years, 11 years. Um, Anderson will be 12 coming up. So it's okay. 11 years. So, so 11 years, mm-hmm. um, where, where nobody right. pays anything. Uh, we have full staff of doctors and nurses, and it's um, uh, just been a wonderful ministry. Ninety percent of the people that go to Malta Medical are not from our church, and uh, and that's something that we didn't expect, something mm-hmm. we were surprised by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a wonderful evangelism tool, and we've been able to minister to so many people. So we need more space, and uh, we're going to give them more space. And then our head administrator came in yesterday, and he said, Pastor Ron, Boy, God's really put on my heart having a, a, a dental part of Malta Medical over there. <laughs> I think my face turned Yeah, white, because we you know. can't really have that here because we're next door to a dentist. So that well, would, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but here, but then there but we could. But over there we yeah. could. Yeah, and, oh my. Uh, yeah, that's you know, a good idea. Uh, with a free school uh, that we have uh, and all the kids, imagine the prevention and so uh, it was one of those things. Now, I can't say, yes, we're going to have it. Mm-hmm. But um, I know the feeling. Yeah. And God sort of kind of thumped me on the back of the head when uh, he said that uh-huh. and said, you know, that's for me. <laughs> so let's start thinking about that. So oh, uh, we'd like to do that. And, of course, we're going to need more space. I started to kind of panic 
because I remember having a discussion with a dentist one day, looking around his room. He had oh, all yeah. this new equipment. And I said, okay, i got to ask a question. I if you don't want to answer, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, anything. And I said, okay, so how much did this room cost? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything got in here. How much cost? And he goes, ah, about 400000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, thought, and that was years ago. Yeah. I was there with you. It's $400,000. Yeah, what? So I, I started freaking out a little bit when, when Bruce <laughs> mentioned that to me yesterday. But the idea is we want to be able to provide those things. I I believe the Lord wants to provide those things uh, for people. I think it's it's one of the ways that he demonstrates that he really is God, sort of like signs and wonders in a, in a natural way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let people know there is a God who loves them and who will provide for their needs. So, yeah, we're going to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> Um, um, you know, five and a half times the space that we've had for all these years. Um, I'd love it. I, when, you know, I don't know when we'll move in. Uh, the, the contractors will tell us how long it's going to take. And, of course, money is a huge issue, always has been for us. So um, we'll just see how long it takes. But I can tell you one thing. Our, our lease here runs out in July of next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> while we're hoping to be there for Easter in the new building, um, we have to be there by July. We don't have a choice. So there's just a lot going on, and it's a neat thing, and I'm old, and, you know, I keep thinking that uh, I'm going to be like Enoch uh, as soon as uh, I get the key to the door and and um, get to preach the first message. I know what my first message will be. I know what it is. Uh, be small. Stay, stay small. small. Yep. And, um, um, uh, you know, I have this... this image in my head uh, I'll preach that first message and walk out and Jesus say okay we've been walking any longer come up here yeah. and I'll be able to go uh-huh. to be with him yeah. there so uh, I don't know but um, Pastor Ken and I are, are spending some time talking about uh, the things that we need over there and, and really I'm forging a future for Pastor Ken and the, and the body um, uh, the Bible College is uh, a really important part of, of our vision moving forward. We have the man, a uh, y- young man now, uh, Pastor Chris, our junior high pastor, uh, who uh, will be the, the primary man uh, in, the, in the Bible College, getting it set up. And, um, you know, what I, he thinks like I think, mm-hmm. just... I've, I've known him since he was born, I know. and uh, this has been his church, and he's been so fruitful and faithful. So a Bible college is really important. If Jesus tarries, Paula, uh, we simply can't let the world that we live in swallow these young people up. Yeah, And, and the Bible college isn't just for young people. But but we need to be grounded in doctrine. We need to understand hermeneutics. It's how to interpret the Bible. We need to understand um, um, the, 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 the perspective of who God is talking to, what he's saying, and, and the difference between the, the literal versus the allegorical. We need to have that sort of a foundation. And so the Bible college is really an important part of what uh, God wants to do here at uh, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, you know, we had our, our uh, after our kids and youth retreats, we had our, our pastors um, address the pastor's discipleship class. Mm-hmm. And they had all of the young counselors and stuff, the people that were serving that under. So and cool. when I say young, I mean, they're, they're, they're married and have yeah. babies. I mean, they're not, they're mm-hmm. adults, mm-hmm. but they're young adults. Yeah. And, and they're twenty ish, thirty. Yeah, and young. most of them were raised in this church. Yeah, and they were talking about the ministry at the at the uh, at the retreats, the kids camp, and um, all I could think about was just the Lord was so pleased, and um, it was almost like the Lord was saying, um, "Looks like the church is in pretty good hands going forward, isn't mm-hmm. it? Doesn't it, Pastor yes. Ron? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, uh, I I I'm I'm really looking forward to the future. But apart from a commitment to the Word of God, there is no future. No. And better people than us have blown it. We're, we're, just, we're just committed to staying the course. And I think it's really, really important mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. The city was excited. Uh, you know, they told people before we did. I know. <laughs> yeah. That uh, congratulations to Calvary Chapel of San Antonio all over their website. 
Um, but uh, we wanted to stay in Universal City. We were looking at another building that that I kind of fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And every yeah. time we go Me in the too. building, Lord, we'd still take that. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've passed the point now. We can't, we can't <laughs> take anything else. We're committed yeah. to this one. And uh, we signed all the papers uh, this week, and it is official as official as legal can be. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, you know, I've been thinking, you know, this radio program, people are talking about wanting context, wanting those answers. And I love this show because um, when the questions are asked, the honest questions are asked, and the, the answer comes, you can almost fear that, feel that that sense of, hmm, yeah, that's what I thought. Because you have a couple of people who call and say, this is what I heard, but this is what is right, right? And then you're able to either say, yes, what you think is correct, or correct that if they're wrong. And um, that's going to be kind of like Bible college on, you know, the radio program on steroids with the with the Bible college, you know. Um, yeah, and we speaking of that, we got to build a studio in there for the radio show and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. all said, I keep hearing is cash registers ringing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord said, "Make disciples," yeah. and that's exactly what we're wanting to do. We're not wanting you to be like a big head, be Mister Important. Not that at all. I heard that question yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we just want to get the word out, and people yeah. are being taught. Over this radio program, you know, I said this last night in the Bible study, Paula. But but um, I, I think the prevailing theme um, at our men's retreat that we just came back from last weekend. Okay, cool. Was um, littleness. Littleness, yeah. And you know, we humans, we don't like to think about. You know, we're really nothing, and it, it's not like, oh, I'm a worm, I'm terrible. It's not that at all. Mm-hmm. But it's just that that the more you're used by the Lord the smaller you realize you are and the bigger and bigger he gets. So nothing that we're doing, um, you know, we'll have uh, room for a lot more people to come. And the Lord has spoken in my heart. He said, uh, he'll fill up whatever we build. And, um, you know, as the church gets bigger and bigger, I want to, I want us to think about staying small, Mm -hmm. not, not necessarily numbers, but the, the attitude of small and individually, we all have to realize that we are small, and when we're small, God can use us. It's not an accident that that God changed Saul's name to Paul. Uh, Paul means little. I know. So and is Paul. Uh, so you're Paulito. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it means little. And until we see our own smallness, we can't see the bigness of God because we we take credit for it. We we take. Um, um, credit for all the things that are done. And uh, one of the other things that we learned in our Bible study last night is you never mess with God's glory. Yeah, yeah. Just don't touch it. That's don't Nadab do it. Abihu. Don't do it, Paula. Don't do yeah. it. And so we we just, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a, a, a semi-public person, um, but important or famous or any of that other stuff. That's the farthest thing from my mind. You know, I'm at that stage in my life where... Um, Common sense tells you that we ought to be um, stepping back and resting, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, taking it easy mm-hmm. and and um, packing our stuff for the nursing home, those kind of things. <laughs> and um, and God just kept saying, "Nope, yeah. keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing." And so that's what we're doing. And thank God that God has raised up Pastor Ken and and uh, some of our other pastors who are young and. And, and committed and submitted mm-hmm. to the Lord mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, what I'm building now isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll use it, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, <laughs> um, you know, got to be honest with myself. I mean, how much longer can I live if Jesus didn't come back? So I'm hoping the best thing for me yes. would be to get the key the day that we're going to be in and just before our first service have the rapture happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be fine mm-hmm, with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but we would or have Or even then, the second payment. <laughs> <laughs> we would we would then have been occupying until he comes. Yeah. And I think Paula that's really what he wants. Yeah. He wants us to stand and see what the Lord will do. That's yep. the thing. Cuz we know that everything here that has happened 
has been him. We're, I, I, I'm, my mind is blown away. When I come here now during this, this first or two weeks of school, there are so many of the alumni who are here serving. Unreal. We're all like so close. We're touching each other, of course, you know, but they just want to be here to help and to encourage the, the kids who are still here. Be um, grateful for the school. Be grateful for these teachers who are pouring their lives, time, talent, and treasure into you. Don't waste this opportunity. It's just it's so cool. I love coming here. And we are. We're, we're, we're crammed up in here. <laughs> Boy, are we? Are we for sure? Yeah, but it's so cool. Well, we're inside one minute now, so Paula, you can start um, stretching and getting ready for the questions that I'm going to ask you. <laughs> For the second half of the program, we're going to take a, a little bit of a turn. Uh, you've been okay. listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. We would love any comments or questions that you have about anything on your heart or anything that we've been talking about. 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. You can email questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, whatever's on your heart. Uh, you have been listening to the first half of the Date Day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I will be back. We will be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our day show 340-9585 for your live calls and questions paul it looks like god is protecting you i was praying hard <laughs> and other people were praying for me <laughs> I'm nervous. We've got John on line one from San Antonio. John, thanks for calling. You're on the air. You're my favorite person right now. <laughs> hey, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. I, I got a question about Revelation 7. I believe it's after the fourth trumpet uh, sounded. And um, the question in our Bible study was, uh, when did the first woe end? And I, I found woe, woe, woe the inhabitants of the earth for the third the last three trumpet blasts shall sound um is that the end of the first woe uh that's really my question okay uh, what, what is the the verse you're talking about john i believe it's chapter seven um but i'm driving home right now from okay. work so i don't have my i can't look at my phone nor uh pull my bible out <laughs> at the moment to okay. check and see but it was one of those questions that stumped me uh, because it, it's pretty easy to find the second woe, but not the woe of the first order. Okay, probably. Now, I'm, I'm trying to find this. Um, hold on. Let me try to get to it here. Yeah, see, I needed the, the verse. No, we're not there yet. Bear with me for a minute. I'm scrolling. I can't. My Bible's small. I can't see it now. Um <laughs> Salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. Praise and glory. I can't have the dead air. John, I, I don't find it in Revelation chapter 7. So let me um, uh, put, kind of table your question uh, just long enough so that I can actually look at the Bible and, and try to find out where it is. I'm visually impaired, so I have a... a, a, a I have a hard time looking uh, at my computer screen um, on the uh, on the fly here. So um, let me just table it, and I promise the seven woes or the three woes. And if you don't hear my answer today, I will get it for you tomorrow for sure. Thank you, John, for the call. I'm sorry that I don't have uh, an answer. Um, I'm being told eight, chapter eight. Okay, well, I'm going to find it. It is chapter 8. 
Okay. Verse 1 says, when, the, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Um, the angels were standing before the Lord. And I think when you get down, it's verse 13. Um, the name of the star is Wormwood. Uh, verse 12 says, the fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, a third of the day was light, and also a third. Now, the first three trumpets uh, here, John affected only a third part of the land and sea. But this next judgment, beginning in verse 12, affects the entire world. And the reason is because it affects, uh, affects the light. And imagine what it would be like to be cast into total darkness in the middle of all of that death. And then when he gets after that, verse 13, he says, As I watched, I heard an eagle. If you have a King James, it says angel. Um, but but that's a different word. So um, probably we, we have to remember that one of the cherubim had the face of an eagle. So that's probably what that symbolizes. I heard an eagle that was flying in midair calling in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts uh, about to be sounded by the other three angels. So what we've got for the woes um, uh, is just this terrible destruction going on all over the earth. Now this begins the trumpet judgments um, you know, at first we've got the seal judgments, then the trumpet judgments, and then the bowl judgments to come. And I think, John, when we get to the woes, that final woe uh, that you have a hard time is probably the 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 final um, trumpet that's being sounded. So uh, the the woes that are going on are there. But the trumpets that are going on. Now, I'm going to work really hard to get you a better answer for that by tomorrow, but I just am not able to see well enough to do it today. I apologize, John. I will do better in the future. Um, Paula, let me get to some of the things I was talking to you about. Um, this is our very last date day show before our 51st wedding anniversary. 51 years Saturday. Married. Married. Yeah. Because yeah. 53 and a half years together um, next Wednesday. Next year? The 20th. 53 and a half years that you came to my front door, March 20th. Oh, 53 and a half. I'm thinking 50. It's not March. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. March 20th. 53 and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't count halves at my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. 53. There you go. Go back. Yes. Um, in just a couple of minutes. Um, what does it mean to you to be married for 51 years and the things that we've seen the Lord do? Yeah. When you think 51 years, what was I, like 10 when you came over? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. You were 17. I was 17. Wow. Amazing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That when I opened the door and you were standing there, and then, seriously, I heard that voice say, this is the one for life. And then to think 51 years, well, 53 and a half now, but 51 years, I always say this, married when I tell people that. Because I don't, as a a kid growing up, I didn't know anybody who had been married 50 years. I don't think I ever went to anybody's 50-year anniversary. I tell you, the odds were against us from the beginning. From the beginning, yeah. Your brother and sister, my brother, everybody who got married in the regular, normal kind of way, they didn't last. The one that they said wouldn't last, here we are. What happened? Rubik's Cube. You know that's right. <laughs> yeah. And we we have seen a lot of things. Um, people come and go, but as far as, I mean, you, you feel in love with me because I was cute. So you were kind of lusting after me, actually. I was, I was smitten immediately. Mm-hmm. As was I, because, oh, my goodness, you were the cutest thing. Uh, you weren't tall, dark, and handsome, but you were short, cute, and just... Yeah, I tell people you were looking for tall, dark, and Denzel, and God laughed and sent me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, this is one for life. And, and to think that some of my own relatives were like, so, you know, 
racism is alive and well everywhere. So we had we got it coming from my side of the family, your dad in particular, um, and yet Jesus said, "No, this I'm doing this, and just hold on, I got a plan in all of this." And you know, Paula, 53 years ago, interracial dating was much different than it is today. Yeah. You know, we see these kids that are mm-hmm. are mixed dating mm-hmm. or mixed marriages, mm-hmm. and and um, it's so different for them than it was for us. I mean, there were times we had to fight our way out of places and and, and the times we felt like our lives were in danger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was disowned. Yeah. You know, just the kind of things that, um, you know, I, I think God's plan, looking back on those 53 years, um, was to put us in a place where we had nobody but him. Exactly what we had. No one but him. Yeah. Yeah, just you and me in a garage <laughs> after a while, you know, with a dog. And, yeah, that's, you know, after you got saved and we lost everything, um, I think that was pretty, probably the, one of the best times of our life. If Looking back, during that time it wasn't so great, but um, that our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with each other so cemented it's it's like if we could go through that we could go through anything yeah and uh yeah we really did learn the secret of being content in every circumstance Mm -hmm. living in a garage and we went from being wealthy yeah to being homeless yeah uh it seemed like in a minute i mean it was about a year and a half about a year and a half Mm -hmm. um and I remember uh, at first, uh, the, the, the first night I we were homeless and I stayed in the garage by myself. You were staying with family. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told, I didn't know it then. We were in a detached garage, so I didn't know. But I cried so loudly, nearly all night long, yeah. that I kept the people in the house that, that were gracious enough to give us a garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept them awake. Uh, and it was, I felt like the biggest failure ever. Um, saved, grateful to God. Um, I knew I was going to serve God no matter the cost. But that's when I started thinking about, well, how much might this cost? Mm-hmm. And with we had two sons in high school, mm-hmm. and it's a very embarrassing time to be homeless. Um, they went through literally a living hell because of the consequences of my sin. And yet you made a home out of that garage for us. And the the best thing about that garage was we learned that we could love and serve God and be completely filled up and content mm-hmm. in spite of all of the things that we didn't have. Yeah. I, mean, I was I was on the worship team at the little church over there and you know, and serving, cleaning the cleaning the pastor's wives home and taking care of their what what did he have with the what what did LeBen have? Down syndrome. Down syndrome, yeah. He wasn't very little, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, just to be used. And I never, we didn't complain. We delighted in the littlest things. Yeah. Uh, our son Ronnie bought us a gym membership so we'd have a place to shower. Yeah. And you know, instead of being humiliated like I should have in a natural sense, mm-hmm. I was just so grateful. God, you're watching out for us even now. Yeah. And so we go to the gym and we work out every morning, mm-hmm. shower, and then I'd go to work and mm-hmm. and you'd go to work or we do whatever it is that that God had on our plate. But it was just one of those times where we saw, and I'm going to use the same term I used at the first half of the program, the bigness of God. Virtually every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he took care of things. <laughs> he just took care of things so wonderfully. Where it's like, Lord, if you show off for me one more time, I'm not going to be able to handle this. I'm going to just, yeah, I should, you should be punishing me. And yet he was just blessing, blessing us. Our kids, our kids weren't even too ashamed to bring their friends over because at our, the house where we had all the money and we had all the stuff, all the friends would come there. We were living in that third of a garage. They still had their friends come to that third of a garage, sit on the bed. There was no chairs. They just had to sit on that bed, huh? Little black telephone with the <laughs> rotary dial. There was no fancy thing. Just Yeah, this was way before cell phones. Yeah. 
Man, that little TV was hardly any bigger than a this phone that's right here. Was what? Not even twelve by twelve. <laughs> Get this close to try to watch that little black and white TV. So anyway, but all we wanted to do was serve the Lord, yeah. and He provided lots and lots of opportunities. And uh, when we finally were able to save enough money to move into an apartment. Uh, it didn't have any air conditioning, and no. um, you know we had a big dog, and yeah. uh, it was close enough to the church that we could walk to the church that we were attending because uh, didn't have a car. Uh, you know, just there, there was just no possible way that um, we weren't going to get up and just praise the Lord. We learned that our contentment wasn't tied to money, mm-hmm. and it's a lesson I needed to learn because my whole world revolved around money. Yeah, but. In the in the years since then, boy, has God ever done some neat stuff. Yeah, He showed off so many times. That little part, I'm just thinking of Terry got to go to Pepperdine. But then once he's there and they're, you know, full scholarship and all that, that was a blessing. We've told that story before. But Terry would call me, still not a believer to this day. I just don't get that because he knows that God provided except he thinks it's just all him. But anyway, I love that boy, but he's, he needs to get saved. Anyway, he would call me and say, Mom, I, I need to have so much money by tomorrow for books. I was like, well, I don't have it today. Let, let I'll pray. And that's exactly what I did. I told no one, no one, the amount that was needed for our son to get books. There was, this happened twice, a light like a, a very light purple envelope. In, and we had a mail slot in that door at the apartment. Twice the exact amount of money Terry needed for books in, the, in our apartment when I came home from work. I just looked at the ground, opened that thing, and it was that amount. I just, God is good, God is good. <laughs> Remember, I, we used to do that all the time. God is good, God is good. He was showing off for me, and I would... Call Terry and say, you're not going to believe this because he would believe But I prayed, Terry. I told nobody. What? Nobody. The exact amount that you said, Terry, I have it in my hand right now. I'll put it in your bank account. You can get it from where he was because he was living at home. And that happened twice. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. I didn't have money to. Uh, you know, Pe- Pepperdine cost 25000 a year back then. Now it's probably a hundred thousand dollars a year, but it was very exclusive. That was a fortune yeah, for school back then. Yeah. And you know when I was making money, and I, 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 that was just a, a pocket change yeah. back then. Yeah. But having lost it all, yeah. and we were in a position where we had no one to depend on but God, yeah. and God came through with way more than we asked. Yeah. Yeah. And and Terry was there and graduated in four years. Yeah. And God knew you were going to be a pastor because that tuition went up every year, and I think in the third year, because you were a pastor by then, because you were a pastor, more money got to his scholarship. It was just just miraculous. Every time we turned around, the Lord was doing something to say, I got you. I got a plan for you, so I'm going to take care of you. Don't even worry about it. Amazing. Uh, Wanda Mitchell, every weekend while you were in Bible college, she would, on, on every Friday, she'd give me $25 so I could go to the store and buy enough food so I could fix you a decent meal instead of just having baked potato and orange juice because that's <laughs> what I ate during the week. And so, yeah. On your birthday, she made a cake. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, God just showed off the whole time. Yeah, through the most unexpected people, yeah. God would just do stuff. And And let me emphasize again, we told no one about any need that we had. And that's been something the Lord's asked us to do uh, from the very beginning, before we ever got to San Antonio. And, and, you know, we don't let our needs be known here. We don't ask for money. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But but imagine the rewards that those people have because they share in everything that God has done here. Yeah. So... Amazing. You know the one thing I'm waiting for? I mean, 51 years, Saturday is our anniversary. I'm waiting for you to age. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Talk to my hips. <laughs> 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 they feel the age. Oh, yeah. 
Kate, let me let me ask you this, Paula. We've got. Um, um, I, I think one of the strengths of our church is we have a whole bunch of people that have been here with us for 20 to 25 years and some even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Sunday we had uh, a young woman come to church, brought her two daughters, oh, or yes. two kids, one daughter, one son. Mm-hmm. And uh, her family was the very first family that ever came to Calvary Chapel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so we've been blessed with people that have been here the entire time. Yeah. And and we've got on the other end of that spectrum, you know, we got thirty to forty new people coming every Sunday. So we've got that 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 foundation, and then these people who are coming in who don't know anything about Calvary Chapel, mm-hmm. uh, they listen on the radio or 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 however the Lord led. Um, describe, and we're, we're we're getting a little close on time. Describe, if you would, your approach to coming to church. Uh, every Sunday. Now I know it's Wednesdays and Fridays as well, but but every Sunday, um, what do you view your role as when you come, and what does a typical Sunday look like for you? Okay, so when I'm on the worship team, of course, I know that I'm not going to be able to get to everybody to touch them because I I like to touch people um, and to say hi and or see you next Sunday. You know, so. I'm I'm excited every time I'm here. When I'm on the worship team, I get to look out and see everybody at least. Um, say hi, and mm, I'm taking note of you. I'll see you next week if I don't. But um, I know somebody's going to get saved every Sunday. Somebody's going to get saved, whether they um, come to the front or not. They've come here, and the Lord's going to speak to them, and somebody's going to get saved. And I'm looking forward to the rapture, because when somebody does get saved, this is what I say next: "You weren't the last one." But thanks for you know, <laughs> thanks for raising your hand. Um, but see, you expect you expect that to happen, and and you're direct with people. You know, uh, you you you'll meet people, and uh, so are you born again? Yeah. And and you know that's I think that's part of it. Does that ever make you feel uncomfortable? You know, it used to, but I just told a young man this past Sunday. I said. I am 71 years old. I was going to say this earlier, that I've changed over the years. I don't have time to waste because now I think, what if they leave and something happens to them and I didn't ask them? And so I just said, you know, are, are you a born-again Christian? Well, he put his head down. Oh, so you're not. But I'm so glad you're here today because you're going to hear about the Jesus who really loves you. And he's the one that's drawn you here. And so, you know, when you hear the altar call, you should you should probably either raise your hand, go up or whatever is going to happen. You know, on Wednesday you kind of just raise our hand. On Friday and Sunday we come forward, and so um, I I don't have time to to waste, and neither do you. So you need to be born again, and I say that several times. It's all good that you were raised in another religion, but you need to be born again. And so, um, just this past Sunday. One such guy came forward. And I was on the worship team, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that I said something, <laughs> you know? But it's, it, it's the Lord who brought him here. And I told the guy, I said, I have to say this because I kind of feel the Lord pushing me in the back of my head to say something. This guy is ready. So, yeah, but I look forward to it. Paula, last last question. We're inside three minutes now. Um, how would you encourage or exhort um, senior citizens, people our age. <laughs> we're senior citizens. Yeah, I like Been to think I, I like to think I'm not, but I am. Yeah, we're. We, uh, but we've but people in our age bracket, you know, uh, to to stay busy serving the Lord mm-hmm. in the last days. Don't you know whether it's Jesus coming or our last days? Yeah. because we're getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not to take it easy. We're not. We're not to to pull back from mm-hmm. ministry. We're to engage even more so. Yeah. So, how would you encourage somebody to say, "Come on, get busy"? Yeah. One, stay in the word, like you always say. Two, get to church. Yeah, we still should get to church, um, even if we have to get an Uber or have somebody pick us up if we can't drive or don't have a car anymore. And some of us get to that place where they don't give us a license. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. No, that's only because you can't see. That's not because you're too I old. think that's very short-sighted of um, the state of Texas. <laughs> you could drive that Homer one time, right? Yeah. Huh? Um, but, yeah, know the word, um, but stay stay involved. 
for sure. We have a lot of wisdom. We have a lot of experience. And the younger generation is looking at us um, to be joyful, even as we, you know, are graduating towards heaven, um, the goal of our our faith, the goal of our salvation. Um, yeah, to be be yeah. considerate of of others who might like the younger ones might think they know so much still be humble and yeah, this is for for seniors the, the young people need you the young yeah. believers need you mm-hmm. and you know we have on fridays especially the kids will all gather outside the church outside the doors um, you know, if, when services are over and hanging out and talking, I tell, come on, old people, let's go get in the middle of them, talk mm-hmm. to them, introduce mm-hmm. yourself to them. Don't mm-hmm. be, don't be intimidated by them. Just go up and engage. Yeah. And you know, we ought to, we ought to adopt a, a young person yeah. in the sense of of helping them in their spiritual walk with the Lord. Yeah. And there's just so much to do in these last days. And uh, God's going to use everybody who will be used, mm-hmm. regardless of your age. And, you know, we live in a world where older people are thrown away, but, but God never does. He's no, 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 no. respect for a person. He's got a job and he's giving you gifts. Yeah. Thank you for Amen. 51 years of marriage. You are so welcome. I'm so <laughs> happy about it. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 